Hey there, regular feed listeners. Yes, it is Sunday the 13th of November, and this is an episode of Says Who that is sitting inside your podcast app right now. This is Dan, by the way. Hello. This is normally the Town Watch episode that comes out to our $5 and $10 Patreon subscribers uh, on Sundays. But as we were recording, me and Maureen, this episode is largely about Twitter. As we were recording, we realized maybe we should put this in the main feed. So, surprise, Sunday says who for you, Town Watch listeners. This is the Town Watch episode, and we're sharing it with the larger world today. So thank you for making that possible through your support at patreon.com slash says who. But let's not delay. Here we go. Watch. Hey, everybody, it's me. Thank you, Jake. This is my odd Oh, boy. Distinct lack of rosin on the bows of the string section there. I think they're drunk. I, I, I mean, tr- I think that that's true. Dan? I think he's been going that way for a while. Yeah. Dan, I think he's just reading the room. That's true. Why not? Toss back a couple. This is, I feel like for you and me, a lot of heavy Twitter users, what an interesting week this has been. Oh, I won't even couch it in a word like interesting. This week has been fucking amazing. It is magical. (laughs) I have to say, uh, I'm not one to usually toot my own horn, Maureen. (laughs) But last Saturday, I had a piece run in Slate that said, with Elon buying Twitter, it's time to get weird. And here we are one week later. And it's fucking weird. (laughs) Hasn't it been great? It's been amazing. Ah, for anyone that doesn't just surf this, we are, we, I feel like we are people with surfboards that go out into this ocean all the time. And just this week we've been, you know, they're like no more surfing after this week, but oh, the waves that we have been (laughs) able to ride. (laughs) (laughs) There is a, uh, there's a surfing competition off of uh, Half Moon Bay, California, called Mavericks. And Mavericks doesn't happen at a certain time. It happens when the ocean conditions are exactly right. And they basically call the like an audible when this thing is happening. And then like surf pros from around the world have to basically like jump on a plane and get to California to compete at Mavericks because the waves are so gigantic that you don't miss it. Wow. And that's what this week feels like yeah, for this, sure. This is for uh, lovers and pros of. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like this is one. Um, this is one time I have an actual surfboard. I'm like this. I understand this. Yeah. I've trained for. Yeah. 
Yeah. But for but for the uninitiated or just people that had much better things to do than to watch what was going on Twitter, because we we we're invested. Should we explain what the fuck has been going on? I sure. Where to start? In okay. two thousand six, no. Jack <laughs> and Ev and Biz Stone and a guy named Noah that nobody ever talks about wanted to build a podcast directory. But it turns out 2006, they were too early for a podcast directory. Too too soon. And so Jack, who had previously worked in ambulance dispatch, decided to make a text-based communication. Is this too early? Are we going back too far in this timeline? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just do the, you know, where we came into this week and what happened this week. All right. Apartheid era South Africa. A man owns an emerald mine. Is that too far back too? It's too far back. Oh, okay. I really think this week will be. All right. All right. That's fine. I guess. Well, then you start. I don't know where to even start this timeline. I feel fucking high. I know. It's amazing. Last night, I was like, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I was like, I'm so juiced, I can't even sleep. <laughs> I'm so mad that Oscar doesn't, I'm like, this is the greatest thing. He's like, is it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Janice, Janice yesterday was like, what are you going to do if this thing dies? And I'm like, oh, you're getting all of this. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I hope it stays. <laughs> what day? I'm trying to remember which day was the day of the check. Uh, that was only like two days ago or three days ago. I Yeah, my, I feel like it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Does that it seem wasn't like? It wasn't Tuesday because that was election day. Okay, so Wednesday. Yeah, I think it was Wednesday. So on Wednesday, they decided to turn on the Twitter blue check, blue yeah. check, yeah. where for $8, you could have a blue check. Right. But then they thought. Incorrectly reported as a verified check. Right. But they aren't verifying anything other than the fact that you could pay $8. So they decided to, in order to make everything clear, institute the gray check, which said official. They didn't well, okay, but so, I mean, I think it. we're already confusing the timelines here because- Okay, that's why I wanted you to do it. I think that they turned on the blue, or was the gray? I don't even know, because the gray's turned on and off at least two times this, in this period of time. I remember it very vividly, oh, the morning the of the night gray. before they- flipped it they announced that they were going to do this gray check thing okay so they turned this gray check on at like 10 in the morning yeah it was either wednesday i think it was wednesday yeah because my friend john green got one right and hank green didn't and john <laughs> was so delighted and was laughing so hard that is perfect because and hank green tussled with elon musk earlier in the week yeah so, so he didn't get an official check so government officials, a couple people got this gray check. Yeah, because and I guess we should back up because like people are not as 
online as we are. So the blue check was introduced at Twitter in 2009, I want to say, because there were a lot of people that uh, were impersonating actual people on Twitter. And that wasn't a very tenable situation. And I say this as somebody that impersonated people on Twitter. Yeah, right? he sure did. Um, so they introduced a check that involved verification of some form or another. It always was a little bit weird. Did you actually ever, you have a blue check. Did you ever submit anything to them or did it just magically show up one day? No, I got, I, bragging rights then, I got yeah. one of those early fancy blue checks. Okay. Somehow I just got, I, I got it way back. I don't think I needed to do anything. Okay. It was just when it was really fancy to have a blue check that I right. was like, this is the one fancy thing I have in my life is I have this goddamn blue check. Right. So the rules and regulations for how they issued those blue checks was, were always sort of random and arbitrary. But I think partially because I, I was popular on Twitter at the time. And yeah. people started to impersonate things around my house. Okay. Like at one point, there were two accounts that were my yogurt, my nice. sofa, my refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, so it was really funny, but I was making jokes about which one was me of all of these things. And then magically, I got a blue check. Yeah. So they doled these out to people that were popular on Twitter. Uh, they doled them out to celebrities. They doled them out to politicians. They doled them out. Then they started kind of getting going wide. If you worked, I know a lot of people that got blue checks because they worked at like the New York Times, right? Not because they were prominent reporters or anything like that, but just they would blanket blue check journalism organizations and things like that. Um, and as the sort of, as the bar toward blue checking visibly seemed to be getting lower where it was like, well, why does this person have a blue check? And I don't, you know, um, uh, getting a blue check became a very contentious thing. And Twitter struggled with what to do about that because verification and being able to say this person is actually this person is actually pretty important, especially as the prominence of Twitter increased. And, you know, in terms of the prominence of Twitter in terms of a place where political things happen and and policy is stated and all of that. Like there needs to be a level of being able to prove that information going out is actually going out. And so they couldn't not have it. But also it felt kind of weird and arbitrary sometimes who would have it and who wouldn't. And that was especially true when like people would leave jobs that they got verified on because the verification check would stay with them and that sort of thing. So I think that Twitter turned off verification at least two times. Like they were like, we're just not doing it anymore. Also because they started verifying like people like fucking Richard Spencer and then removing a verification check became a thing. And a lot of like the right wing ass fucks got um, got their blue check taken out. Anyway, point being, blue checks have been an issue for a long time. They are they are a needed thing. But also they are a very contentious thing, largely because there's a certain class of people that say, oh, this means that there's these are the more important people. I'm an important person. How come I don't get one? I also share the name of a pro of a main character. Do you hear that squeaking? Yeah. What is that? That's a dog toy. I better shut the door, huh? 
No, it's fine. It's okay. Town Watch. Um, because I share the name of a character in Rent. And a uh, lot of people made Rent. So, like, just because I was a Maureen Johnson, I'm like, I am sick of people asking me if I'm from Rent. So this blue check stays. There you go. But, okay, so fast forward. Elon Musk buys Twitter. By force, it's worth pointing out. He bought, he, he, he was going to last this spring, he was going to join the board of Twitter. And then suddenly he had sort of a shit fit because he was tweeting bad things about Twitter. And the CEO was like, maybe lay off tweeting bad things about Twitter because you're on the board or you're about to be on the board. And he had a shit fit and he was like, well, instead I'm buying Twitter. And then he almost immediately tried to get out of the deal and Twitter sued him to keep the deal going. And uh, then he basically was forced to buy Twitter and then he bought Twitter. It's not worth $44 billion. No, it wasn't <laughs> worth $44 billion in April when he first offered, but it's definitely not worth $44 billion now. Um, but he he bought Twitter. He moved in. He fired all of the C-suite immediately. Um, he started making all kinds of crazy demands on the on the people that were left over. Uh, he drew up plans to fire half the staff, which he then did right after November 1st. He had to wait until November 1st because there was a. Um, everyone was getting retention bonuses November 1st, and if he fired people before that, he would have gotten sued. Um, but anyway, his big thing was we are going to. What, how did he put it? Like the lords and peasant system or some bullshit like that of blue checks. Power to the people. Yeah. Is going to be gotten rid of. We're going to open up blue checks. We're going to open up verification to anyone that wants to pay $8 a month. To which many people immediately were like, but this isn't verification. This is just a check that you buy for eight bucks. I think this may not go well. <laughs> It's still so funny when I hear it. And then he got very shirty about it, too. Oh, very shirty about it. He got very like, well, you know, you can make fun of me all you want. You're still going to have to pay eight dollars. Right. And also at some point. Because initially the way he spoke, it seemed as if he was going to strip the blue checks off of everyone. And then you only get a blue check if you pay eight bucks. That that is how I'd certainly seem to be going to me. Yes. And the day that it actually happened, instead, they just they kept the blue checks on people like you. And then they added blue checks on anyone that had eight dollars. So suddenly this thing that means we know who this person is no longer meant that unless you drill deeply into the profile page of a user and clicked on their check where it suddenly would explain why they had a check. But then enters Mr. Gray check. Yes, that's right. The, the little night before. So this little thing appears because I was walking my dog. Yeah. Because I could, I could give you the timeline because I walk the dog to a coffee place every morning where I buy yeah. a coffee at the window. Yeah. And I wait for the coffee and I sit my phone down and sometimes I scan Twitter while I'm waiting for the coffee. Yeah. And that's when I saw that John Green had been given the gray check and he was laughing his ass off that Hank didn't. Yeah. That was around 10 in the morning. Right. Because this, clearly there was a moment inside Twitter where they realized we might have a problem here. Right. So they had to mark certain accounts for official. So they didn't tell anybody. Nobody got, I don't think anybody was told about the gray check. No. 
They it just it appeared. It said official. It was a little gray check under their photo. Dan, by noon, the gray check was gone. Right. Gray check system, which was their whole fail safe. Yeah. RIP 10 a.m., 12 p.m. The entire fail safe system goes down. Yeah. They just pull it. Elon says the the gray check is dead or something like that in a response to someone. I think the other thing to realize is that there is no comms team at Twitter anymore. He fired them all. So there is no information coming out about Twitter other than obsessively following Elon Musk's tweets, which everyone remaining in Twitter is also doing because that's how they're learning how they're supposed to make things. I'm just also pointing out that in this single day, there were three systems. It yeah. began in the morning with the institution of no, there was no blue. Che- there was no purchased blue check in the morning. Right. The gray check appeared at mid afternoon. Yep. That went away. Yep. Then something else entered in the af- later afternoon. I can't even remember what it was. Some, yeah, I don't some remember new, either. There was some new policy that entered. Well, I think it was in the later afternoon where they suddenly you could click on the check and it would tell you who had the check because that didn't exist in the morning. I don't think. Yeah, maybe that was it because there were three systems in one yeah. day. Yeah. But now we're going to we got to get to the good part. Then. Yeah. At the end of the day, it turns out that. Nobody's clicking into bios. Nobody's doing anything. So instead, you just have a blue check sitting next to your username, to which almost immediately people realized this is a chaos engine. Let's go. And this, Dan, is where you and I looked out to the, su- to the surf and the sunset. We looked at each other. We picked up our boards and we said, it's time to go. <laughs> and we waded out into the surf. Uh, we forgot about the, the moment where a whole bunch of prominent celebrities and things like that changed. This was pre blue check changed their usernames to Elon Musk. And he got upset about that and froze name changes, froze name changes, but also kicked people like Sarah Silverman off of Twitter because he was because he announced impersonation immediately. You get banned from Twitter. This was before any of this happened. So these are all of the things that lead to the fact that suddenly. And one more, Dan. Yeah. Right before, as he did the takeover, the day of the takeover, he tweeted, comedy is legal again. And this is where we begin. (laughs) So. So almost immediately, everything that everyone had said was going to happen, happened. You had this explosion in sports Twitter of. Uh, People like LeBron James announcing that they wanted to be traded, getting tens of thousands of retweets almost instantly because people watch that kind of thing very closely. You had uh, an account claiming to be Twitter's account uh, offering free blue checks if you connected your crypto wallet, which was entirely a crypto scam. And then the piece de resistance pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly ostensibly tweets out insulin is now free and I think that's when it finally sunk into Elon Musk that maybe he had a problem because uh, that day Eli Lilly stock yeah takes a nosedive by billions of dollars of market cap 
like an astounding amount. And not only does Eli Lilly's stock crash, but other makers of insulin stocks crash as well. Also, Lockheed Martin announces they're not selling any weapons to certain places. And then there was a beautiful Tesla account. Oh, yeah, that Tesla account was incredible. The Tesla account was just unbelievable. And it it kept talking in really glowing terms about how many children they kill with their exploding cars. My favorite of all of theirs was, we've just received word a second Tesla has hit the World Trade Center. <laughs> I forget, what did Chiquita Banana do? Oh, Chiquita Banana, that was a beautiful little two-step where a Chiquita, fake Chiquita Banana uh, account announced that they had just invaded Brazil or overthrown the government in Brazil. And then a second fake Chiquita Banana account said, we apologize for, uh, inf- you know, misinformation coming out from an imposter account. We haven't overthrown a government since the 60s. <laughs> it's so amazing. Meanwhile, <laughs> Elon Musk, a man who up until two weeks ago at a, at a mainstream coverage level, has been hyped to the moon as like the next Edison. The man who's going to Mars. Yeah. Is just, finds himself in a hole and just keeps digging. Oh. Deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole. Also, Maureen, it's worth pointing out, all of this absolute inanity was entirely his making. They are losing at like he is absolutely freaked out because Twitter is losing money hand over fist. They are now losing advertisers. His whole thing is I need eight dollars from everyone that uses Twitter. So please, please give me eight dollars. Yeah. There are major problems at Twitter that don't involve this absolute hilarity yet this is the thing that he has stuck himself on you know they fired half of their staff they almost immediately started trying to rehire some of those people because they realized that the people left don't actually know how to run everything parts of twitter are falling apart sort of will be working and then they won't be working i've had all sorts of weirdness with dm notifications lately for a while i was trying to report spam and the spam reporter was broken and now it works again like, you know imagine a building with like you occasionally you know you're sitting in your office and a wall falls out that that's yeah. just that's what's happening with twitter now and um but the biggest thing, seemingly the biggest thing, and I did not know this, Twitter is under a consent decree with the Federal Trade Commission. Um, they have to report to the FTC in writing changes to their code base that may affect privacy uh, due to violations of, of privacy laws previously. The head of the Twitter blue fiasco. Every single person at Twitter involved with compliance, trust and safety, and legal left. The head lawyer of 
Twitter left. Before he left, he sent an all-staff email basically being like, uh, what is happening right now is not okay. We are not going to be in compliance with this order. You are going to be asked to do things that you are not going to feel comfortable with. If you do not feel comfortable with doing these things, you need to not do them. You may see someone else being asked to do things that you are not comfortable with. You need to tell them. And if you have a problem, here is the phone number for the government's whistleblower line. Uh, you know, have a nice day. I quit. This fucking email went out to the whole staff. They are now in a position where they are telling engineers that they're supposed to self-certify with the Federal Trade Commission. Whatever that means. Whether or not, well, whether or not the code they're writing is in compliance. I know, but like. It, yeah. How? There's no, that, yeah, exactly. So this whole thing is, is on a shaky base that is only getting shakier by the day. But boy, Maureen, it is amazing. It definitely, I keep thinking of the song 1999 by Prince, you know. <laughs> We're out of time, but we're going to party like it's 1999 yeah. or $7.99 as it goes. Um, and Elon now is angry about parodies. Last night, yeah. we got the law of parodies. <laughs> I have to, we have to pull up his parody. <sighs> his parody tweets. It was, it was over two days. He just kept trying. Well, the, he had first the impersonation freak out. And one right. of the funniest responses was Doja Cat, who had changed her name to Christmas for a while. Yeah. And she tweeted at him and said, I don't want to be Christmas anymore. Can you help me change my, and like, I need to change my name. And then he tweeted her personally, said, no problem. You know, you can change it now. And then she tweets back, thank you. But you see that her username is now Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he, this is at the night after, after the Eli Lilly debacle. Uh, that night, Elon Musk tweets, going forward, accounts engaged in parody must include parody in their name, not just in bio. Then he follows that up with, to be more precise, accounts doing parody impersonations. Basically, tricking people is not okay. So, already... That's a very, like, what does trick, what is the difference, Maureen, between a parody impersonation and tricking people? To a layman. To really anyone. Yeah. So we are suddenly deep in the weeds on what is funny, what is parody, what, what constitutes a trick in the context of parody. So we're, we're already in in sticky territory but all, what he's saying here is you have to sort of self-declare right then last night he adds to this thread we're adding a parody subscript to clarify so those of you that aren't so things like that little official tag or a few years ago twitter introduced if you were in government for instance, they will add a little extra tag to your account that says that you're a U.S. senator or what have you. So now what he's saying is they are going to add a little extra flag on your account that you are parody. And um, I just want to point out again that comedy is legal again. 
Yeah, it's legal, but highly regulated. It's very, very regulated then. <laughs> it's, it's, it's legal like cigarettes now, apparently. Or it, even I would say more like weed. Like you have to have a lot of documentation. Too, yeah, have, yeah. But now, so these poor overworked Twitter people who are already doing too much. All five of them. Now have to, I guess, look at each Twitter Blue account, determine if they have met the self-reported parody things, and then make a decision whether it is in fact parody or trickery, and if it's parody, affix an official tag that says it's parody. So do a deep dive philosophical rhetorical analysis. Yeah. You know, is this a is this a modest proposal level? Are we talking Jonathan Swift? Yep. What are we what are we doing here? What is a what and Mayor Emanuel? Yeah. Were you being a were you tricking people? Or right. were you being a parody? Do you Absolutely. do you think that people really thought that Mayor Emanuel lived in an ice cave with a duck and a dog and a, inside of a Honda Civic? Right. So funny you should mention that, Maureen, because the Mayor Emanuel book has a foreword, and that foreword is written by Twitter co-founder Biz Stone. And I I I reread it. I had forgotten what the content of it was, but I remembered vaguely that he mentioned stuff about kind of deciding parody uh, at Twitter. And and it turns out the entire forward is about the fact that when he worked at Google on Blogger, there were a lot of parody blogs and they were sort of trying to figure out what do we do about this because we're worried that people are going to be confused that, you know, this fake Steve Jobs account is actually Steve Jobs or what have you. And a lawyer at Google basically was like, so what you're suggesting right now is we have to determine what's funny. Who wants to be in that business right now? And everyone was like, not us. And he was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And so when they founded Twitter, they hired that same lawyer to be the head lawyer for Twitter. And they adopted the same uh, the same credo where basically they they're like they made suggestions actually kind of after Mayor Emanuel. They made suggestions that, oh, you should maybe put parody in the in the in your bio or something like that. But ultimately, their thing was, would a reasonable person actually think this is the account that this account claims to be, you know? And if the answer was no, then, hey, go for it, you know? Um, it is actually very interesting to reread because it's this very, like, very thoughtful, very nuanced, like, take from, um, from a company that, that, that did that. But yeah, at the time, I remember there was criticism about Mayor Emanuel because it was like, well, people are going to think that's actually Rahm Emanuel. It's like, OK, those people are not thinking for very long. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I hate actually hate, hate, hate the idea that you have to put parody into your thing because it's like you're explaining the joke. Explaining yeah. the joke is never funny. No. You know. But uh, but yeah, it has been. What if you do a single tweet in which you pretend to be talking as someone else? Right. Like there is a very great account that did J.K. Rowling uh, that pretended to be J.K. Rowling and announcing um, the, cre uh, the new book, 
Giuseppe Stromboli and the briefcase of meatballs, which still makes that me laugh more than just about anything in the world. Um, <laughs> like, is that a parody account if you do it right. once? Right. Like the whole like we are now going to get to the nature of parody. Now, granted, this is a man who earlier in the week tweeted that he wanted Twitter to become like the repository of truth in the world. And so he, the, the guy clearly has not spent a lot of time in like freshman philosophy class. Also, I think this guy woke up a libertarian on Sunday morning and just now waking up to a very different uh, political reality for himself. Yeah. He also reminds me of if you ever play a game with a little, like when you were a little kid and someone didn't like how it was going and they kept changing the rules. Like, no, yeah. if you tag me, you have to tag me on the elbow. But no, like you have to hold the tag for like five seconds before I hit base. It was my base. I was <laughs> in the five feet of base and used my elbow. It is. Yeah. We're watching a man who wants to go, who's just spent $44 billion on a talking machine, who wants to go to Mars, having a, having a breakdown in real time, just shouting random rules. Yeah. And the entire world is clowning him back. It is. I mean, it has brought everyone together. Oh, Remember so earlier in the earlier in the week, I saw someone be like, it's not every day that the richest man in the world just sends slow pitches right down the center of the base every day. But it's like everyone gets to take a hit at those pitches. Mm, everybody has been wonderful. It and really yet, has. And it feels like he reads them all. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, he reads them all. Even though there's a million of them, he just needs to be sitting there all goddamn day reading these things. Yeah. Remember, also, in that capacity, he is now the CEO of three companies. Like, I don't understand how he's doing any work. So well, Tesla, I, I don't think he Tesla is. Boring and Twitter? Tesla, SpaceX and Twitter. Actually, yeah, you're right. He's the CEO of Fork is Boring as well. I don't think Boring is publicly traded, though. Tesla has lost on its stock value. It's lost half of its stock value in the last since he acquired Twitter. I think because people are like, oh, shit, this guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's been really wonderful, Maureen. And also, I think that it's also important to point out in the this is all happening in the backdrop of Election Day happening last Tuesday, where instead of the red wave that everyone was predicting happening, the Democrats have all but retained the Senate at this point. Uh, it's likely today Nevada will finally, it's been on a very slow climb up, but uh, likely today Nevada's electoral votes will flip to uh, Catherine Cortez Masto and that will be 50, which means that the Georgia runoff that's happened in December will, will likely just be a gravy seat at this point. And remarkably, the House is still in play. Where, where's the where's the Lauren Bobert? Bobert looks like she is going to squeak through. She is up right now in her seat by I think about a thousand votes, and um and there are not a lot of votes left to count in in what is pretty a pretty rural place. But even her actually winning her seat is her losing her seat because she should have won that in a walk, and instead um like it, yeah I mean. But the actual control of of the House, I don't think we have gone from, a re, you know, on Monday, people saying the House is going to be Republican by a wide margin to Tuesday, people being like, well, that wide margin hasn't happened, but we still expect that the Republicans are going to be heavily in charge to yesterday, people saying, 
well, the House still hasn't been decided and it doesn't look like it's going to be a wide margin anymore, but it looks like they're going to still eke it through by a couple of seats to today. Now, people being like they might not actually win. Like, how many how many seats are left in play still? There's still a number of seats still left in play. And uh, I don't remember the exact number, but they are still favored to win. You know, I think they, they need to win far fewer than the Democrats would to flip it. But at this point, it looks like if they do end up pulling it off, they will have a one or two seat majority. And a lot of those seats that are in play are... Um, are in California and it's anyone's game. Like it's anyone's guess really where they might go. Um, everyone that I follow that I trust is like, it's a slim chance, but there is actually a chance, which is wild. Also it's Saturday. The election was Tuesday and this still hasn't been figured out. And this is how I want to end it, Maureen, because this week has been amazing. And as I said to a friend in, in DM last night, it feels like we've been circling a black hole for years and years and years and maybe we just popped through the center and the other side is incredible (laughs) (laughs) so good so good Dan yeah it's been a good week well you guys watch I mean also, I feel like that was one of the best explainers on Twitter. So um, either maybe we should pop this into the regular feed for free, maybe just because <laughs> I, like I, fe- I feel like it's worth because you do know so much about the history of Twitter and the people that and about the people that founded it and everything. Yeah. So I think it's worth maybe everybody getting a little bonus just to like hear the fuck went on. I love it. But uh, Man, if we'd known that I could have gone even longer. Listen, I could have gone st- even longer. Listen, we still have Tuesday, Dan, because there will be know more. I a lot about Twitter. There will be a, mo- a lot more clowning by Tuesday. Oh, fuck. And we'll have more to talk about. And that way people will understand if we're still talking about this. I love it. Well, then, uh, Town Watch and regular feed listeners, stay and, vigilant. And if you're in the regular feed, this is the kind of stuff you're missing. Yes. <laughs> Gets, it's actually gets loose here on the weekends. It's also you. This is actually more informative. It's usually me about talking about planners or dumb jobs I've had. That's true. Uh, they are always good as a result. Stay Somet- vigilant. Sometimes I go off. Bye. We, we got to go catch another wave. We hey Dan. Yeah. Let's go. You and me, looking out. We're waiting in you guys. I wish there was the sound of us waiting here, just <laughs> going in. I'm doing the motions, though. Swimming. Here Swimming. we go. Catch a wave. <laughs>